Greetings from the satellite of Buzz high above the Earth. We've got two great episodes of Mystery Science Theater 3000 to talk about today. We've got Cry Wilderness, and we've got Time Travels, but most importantly, we've got Movie Sign. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. And there it is, the song that's been stuck in Andrew Mena's head for the last eight days now. Can't help it. You just can't get it out. Welcome to the Mystery Science Theater 3000 After Show. As I said, we are indeed stranded on the satellite of Buzz. I'm Christian Blatt on Twitter and the Instagram at ChristianDMZ. And breaking out the robot and... That dance is not necessarily the robot, but you know what? Robots can do so many dances these days that the robot is actually kind of insulting. It's true. You know, yeah. uh, robots are much more capable than we give them. I, cha- as we see in these two episodes, which we'll get mm-hmm. to, robots can actually do a lot these oh, they days. Do so much. Uh, Andrew Mena at hey. Andrew Mena. I'm Andrew Mena, everyone. You can find me at Andrew Mena on Twitter, at the Andrew Mena on Instagram, or on just the internet if you Google my name. And are you also andromena.com? Uh, I am uh, actually squarespace.com slash andromena or something to something that effect. To that but effect. if you do the Googling, it'll come up easy And also enough. andromena LLC. Ooh. Yeah, you didn't know that. I, I didn't. You I registered that for yeah, me. Yeah, I did that Thank for you. Thank you. Uh, and don't forget that the show itself, our show, has at MST3KABTV. You can tweet us there if you're not watching live. But if you are watching live, join us in the uh, YouTube chat where we had some lovely visitors last week. And, of course, we are going to start off. we got to tie up a couple things from last week. uh, Got some teas. Yes. Very first thing, Matthew Rappelt writes in, The island of Sodor is the island that Thomas the Tank Engine is set in. It's all made of models like many of the exterior scenes in Reptilicus. This was something that had just come up in my personal life, my secret identity life. Someone was talking about Thomas the Tank Engine. They used that reference, but it just, it didn't stick with me when you were trying to figure out what it was. If my son were a little bit older, I would know everything about (laughs) those trains and the island they come from. And how there's apparently like 80 trains and every different story, he meets a new train. And of course... That's a train you have to buy your kid, because otherwise you're a bad parent. That makes sense. So thank you so much, Matthew, not just for watching, but for answering the important questions. Uh, And it was actually right there in the credits. Felicia Day's character is Kinga, or just Kinga Forrester. I think I had a little too hard G there. Kinga. Kinga. Uh, that's the son of Clayton Forrester and granddaughter of Pearl Forrester. But uh, I knew what her last name was, but I felt like they just didn't say it. I just needed to read the credits. That's really what yeah. it came down to. It all comes down to reading. So, yeah, reading, reading is fundamental. Reading comprehension, you yeah. guys. Uh, and here's the thing. Before we dive into this episode, I forgot. I actually had a criticism of episode 1101. Go on. Reptilicus. There was the scene with multiple Tom Servos. Which was a very funny scene. Yes. I thought that was a great moment where we could have had voice cameos from Kevin Murphy and or Josh Weinstein. Ah, yeah. A little throwback to the old days, but something that I can very jokes. easily look past considering some of the things we have to talk about in this episode. But I just felt like it was a missed opportunity. But you no, know what? You're right. Very, mi- really fun. very minor criticism. Yes. And it did not take away from my enjoyment of Reptilicus. But we do have two episodes to we discuss do. this week. So we got to get right down to it. Uh, the first, episode 1102, Cry Wilderness. Boo-hoo. 
Uh, it started off with like a nice little cold open, which I, I like that this show's doing that. They don't dive right into the theme song. Yeah, they, I kind of like that gimmick that Jonah that he has gets, to reenact yeah, it every time. That he gets <laughs> yes. sucked up into a tube and he has to reenact it every time. I also enjoy that. And I like getting to interact with Gypsy more, like we saw in that episode mm-hmm. uh, at the beginning there. And uh, he makes a reference to something about why he needs to act it out every time. Jonah does. He says the liquid technology can't record. And I'll refer back to that in a okay. moment. Uh, there's a fun. Oh yes, well, I was you were about to say, say he also invents the turkey theremin. At the I was of going this. to mention the good, turkey theremin. Good, good, good. Which uh, the theremin is a fascinating instrument. Quite. I don't know who in our listenership slash viewership has ever seen someone use a theremin. Uh, I have uh, the bit. There's this band called Fishbone. It's a band from California. They've been around for about thirty years. They went through a theremin stage. And most of the guys in the band hated it, but the singer, Angela Moore, loved it. So he would do a lot of, and for people listening, they're not going to see, but it's a lot of, like, just really, you know, wild uh, hand movements just oh, to yeah. make the theremin. He's make, going for it, And guys. he's going for it. And it's like, it's kind of cool the way it works. No real practical application of the theremin until we get the turkey theremin. I mean, and now we have the real, like, yeah. the death rows that we can hear in real time. But then you see, then there's the problem as referenced. It's like, well, it sounds like I'm I'm murdering my turkey, but... He's already dead. Mm, delicious. Uh, the other half of the invention exchange was a very important <laughs> moment for me. Uh, my wife was listening in the other room, and when she saw this, she came in and said, did, did you write that, or, or did they write that just for you? And that's something we talk a lot about on the show. There's moments that we feel like are just for us. But the Carvel ice cream cake clock that, first of all, revolves around Fudgy the Whale, who is referred to as patient zero of the Carvale cake-demic. Fudgy the Whale and the Santa Claus cake, they're just sideways cakes. And I know that Carvel is is a somewhat of a national brand. They're very popular where I grew up in New York. And, you know, there's a lot of... That's, that's where you get ice cream. There are these awful commercials that are voiced by the guy who founded Carvel named Tom Carvel. Mm-hmm. But it, it's all very endearing, and it's a huge part of my childhood. And I... <laughs> It's a great cake, the Fudgy the Whale cake. Have you ever had a Fudgy the Whale cake? I've seen the, the shape. Okay. I, I have not had that. Never had that cake. See, it's good. Well, you I know what? We'll, we'll have something to celebrate. Hard to get it in space. Yeah, well, uh, you know what? We can have somebody send it up through okay. a tube. Sweet. Mm-hmm. Hopefully. I love those tubes. Uh, so uh, that was very exciting that uh, it was a, a bunch of these different cakes that you know use yeah. that same shape. Delightful. And... Uh, if uh, Cambot, if you can bring up that link that I sent to you, I beamed down uh, to the control room. There is actually a uh, notification on Twitter, a little shout out, and we'll show that to the audience that the money bag cake, because kids love money bags, is actually <laughs> something that they made. I don't know that you can go into the store and buy it, but they did make <laughs> one and they tweeted it at Mystery Science Theater and said thanks for the shout out. Amazing. Joel Hodgson himself retweeted it and thanked them. So, but God, that cake looks delicious. Mm. And the money looks pretty tasty, too. A delicious money bag. Are those edible money bits, or are those just monies? I'm pretty sure that's just money. Yeah. But who am I to say it's not edible? You you have no right. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, that and it's so funny, because in our first episode last week, I talked about that there was a running Fudgy the Whale joke, and I was like, oh my God, Carvel jokes, that's right up my alley. And then we get a whole... here we are We get props. Now... The liquid technology reference was yes. it was very oddly edited. Uh, there was a little like bloop, 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 like little uh, underwater effects because they had to edit. And I think part of the charm of the show is that it's usually not edited. So I would assume it was just such a massive prop that it didn't work right, and they mm-hmm. had to do multiple takes. But uh, I don't know. Maybe a cutaway, a fudgy. I, I I was very distracted by that editing move, but 
I was so in love with those cakes that I couldn't stay mad for long. That's uh, did you notice that they did the little the little bubble thing? Or yeah, I noticed the bubbles. I thought it was just an effect. I didn't really notice the edit yeah. or the cut. I well, was just like, oh yeah, there's a, there's bubbles. We're recording on liquid. Sure, sure. Well, I rewatched Sign it. Sign me up. Yep. Not just because of the bubbles. Maybe I wanted to see some of those cakes again. <laughs> yeah. But uh, in any case, uh, so you know. Again, minor criticisms, but uh, you know we we have to be at least slightly impartial, right? Um, but it's funny because there are not a lot of moments that you feel that there's editing in the show. There's yeah. you know not really blown lines, but lines that were clearly not read directly. And some of the yeah. there was a moment that Jonah like said the wrong word in a host segment and then just corrected yeah, himself. Yeah, in this and, last third episode, yeah, in yeah. a lot of shows they'll be like, nope. Can have Do it again. Just like, nah. I actually thought it was very charming. Yeah, yeah, I like that because it's it's more like they're putting on a little play. You know, they're yeah. putting on a stage show. Yes, and it, it, it remains charming. I yeah. feel. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think if something goes terribly wrong, they're probably uh, you know they'll do another take. But yeah. uh, just roll with it. That's that's what I like to see. All yeah, right. Anyway, uh, before we dive into the movie, before we cry wilderness, let's talk about some of the host segments in that episode. Oh, One of the so things fun. that I liked was before they did the bit where Crow and Tom Servo were dressed up like raccoons, yeah. we see them putting the raccoon costumes on in the movie theater. So in that moment, I'm like, well, what the hell are they doing? And then they come out dressed like raccoons. I'm like, all right. There it is. And I just like, I don't know, it's not something that they ever did in the old show, but it's, uh, it just, it was it's just fun. like a, a nice little touch. Yeah. And by the way, uh, raccoon Tom Servo, adorable. So fun. I would bring him home. I'd get him his rabies shots, but I would definitely bring him home. Yeah, well, uh, rabies shots. Raccoon Crow, no, 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 no. He not, can not he much. can live out in the trash can, but uh, seems a little more violent. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm not down with that. That's fair. But I I love when they act out scenes from the movies and some of the ridiculous characters. Oh, me too. And uh, obviously, just there was so much laughing in the movie, which we'll talk about the movie. But you know, you can't comment on the movie as the host without that. And uh, there was also a fun thing about making a, a spacesuit, and then that leads to the scale model. I love the scale models. We had that also in the first episode, mm. you know, with the the monster song. And any time that they want to do scale models of all of these ridiculous characters and everything, yeah, I'm in. Just the amount of time that that takes, like you know, it's not like it's not like building you know a model of the Ewok village and a, and a, you know an ad ad like stepping on it. You know that takes you know months. This still takes like days probably to make all that stuff. Absolutely, these aren't Legos. <laughs> but they could be. I mean, but they should be. Yeah, where is the MST3K Lego set, by the way? Um, uh, Lego Corp. Where you at? Yeah. Hey, Lego Corp. Yeah. Quit falling asleep at the wheel here. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, anyway, so uh, <laughs> what are some of your thoughts there about uh, the the host segments in in this episode? Gosh, I mean, I really like the host segments, and I feel like they're they come at really opportune times. I think that there were four during this mm-hmm. one. Um, yes, I'm saving uh, one in particular with uh, some surprise guests that were in it if, yeah, for a moment. But, yeah. yeah, and we'll talk about them too in a minute. But I just felt like they were all like all of the bits just come at this really perfect time. Uh, they give you a break right when you need a break. Yeah, um, it's usually right about like I'm kind of tired with what's going on here. And, yeah, yeah. We, we talked a little bit outside about this, but I want to talk about it now. But uh, the quality of these two movies together, they number vary. two and number three, they vary a little bit. They, there's yeah, there's and, a little disparity. And as bad as two is, it's really bad. Cry Wilderness is not a good movie by any means, yeah. but I think it's fascinatingly, fascinatingly bad. You know yeah. what I mean? In a way that uh, the third one, the uh, time travel one, was just kind of. Kind 
kind of a less like bad in a way that was harder to watch. Yeah, I felt. right. Yeah. Th- this was very charming bad, where yeah. it's like they reference the you know incomplete Bigfoot costume. You All know, of the stock next, footage. You know, hey, we'll give you we'll give you some gloves in the sequel. They said at one point, yeah, the stock footage that wasn't just stock footage. It was like some of it was stock footage from television and that was spliced in. Effects. Yeah. yeah, and you know, I, I, I'm not quite sure what that served, and I love the fact that they would just you know. Come up on animals and uh, you walk away. Yeah, no, I never, never shoot anything. Just walk right past them. Yeah. It's like, no, it's all right. Aren't you a hunter? Yeah, all right. So all that stuff was great, but of course, for me, and, and we'll get into the specifics of the movie. The huge highlight, as a longtime fan of the show, was the fact that we got a video, a video visit from mm. uh, a very special Volkswagen bus, mm-hmm. and inside that, as soon as I saw the bus, I was very excited. Uh, we had uh, Pearl Forrester, mm-hmm. aka Grandma. Grandma. Bobo, uh, Professor Bobo, the monkey, and AKA Bobo. the delightfully named Brain Guy, uh, which, of course, <laughs> from the uh, sci-fi channel incarnation of MST3K, uh, it's uh, Mary Jo Peel, I think is how you say her name, Kevin Murphy, and Bill Corbett. So uh, getting cast members from the original cast, very exciting. Great to see those characters still traveling together and kind of hanging out. And there was sort of a, a fun joke about, like, well, Foresters never quit. And it's like, well, they kind of always quit, yeah. don't they? Yeah. So, uh, and there was just a nice touch with Bobo welcoming uh, TV's son of TV's Frank to the yeah, second Banana Club, really cute. which was great. Some little uh, VR clothes. And then there was the introduction of the clone of Pearl oh, Forrester. Cynthia. Cynthia, who <laughs> is in the opening of the show. At least I noticed in episode three, and I forgot to go back. I want was she in the opening for episode one, and I just didn't we're notice her. We're gonna have to double check. Yeah, we're gonna have to double check that. If I'm anybody noticed that, please, please let us know. Cool for sure. Uh, in any case, uh, so excited to see them, and I it was great. It was delightful. It just gives this world like it, this world credence because we were like, oh yeah, it's a reboot or it's a different imagining. Yeah, you know, are we how much are we throwing by the wayside? But we're not. We're re, we're yeah. re you know. We're building upon it. At some point, they're going to let us know how Crow and Tom Servo got out of Mike Nelson's apartment and back up into space. But we don't know. Also, there's there's a lot of we've seen there are a lot of different (laughs) models of these two robots. So very true. But they'll explain it. You know, I mean, I look, I get it. It says in the song, it's just a show. I should really just relax. But I still need to know. I can't relax until you tell me. You should relax. But shame on Netflix for kind of ruining this little surprise because the title card for the episode, if you don't go from one into the other, if you start episode two, well, you you see Pearl Bobo and Brain Guy. And so I I was like, not 100% sure, but I was just thinking like, well, I guess that could be a picture from the old version of the show, but I'm I'm not quite sure because if you go through Netflix, they're actually listed differently. Mr. Mm-hmm. Science Theater 3000 and mm-hmm. this is Mr. Science Theater 3000, The, the Return. Return. So, uh, but I, I can't say I'm really going to complain. Uh, our, my friend Jason Blair is in the chat and uh, Jason has a guess already that these aren't the same Crow and Tom Servo. Okay. Uh, they're probably just different models. And he, uh, our comment, and we're going to dive into the movie in a moment, is we said it was charming, but he said nothing's charming about the guy ripping, ripping into that rabbit with Hunt's ketchup. Because <laughs> yeah. if he was using Heinz ketchup, that would have been much more civilized. That's true. Honestly, I don't know how much rabbit you've eaten, but Heinz 57 actually really brings out the flavor. I mean, I, I haven't tried it with Heinz. I'm just yeah, going to have exactly. to do that once I get out of this uh, space. Hey, Kamba, if you can scroll up a little bit in the chat, because I think there were some other people. Jason kind of bumped everybody up, or maybe it's just Jason in there. Oh yeah, it was me. Uh, anyway, it's great to uh, Hi, great to have him in there, uh, Jason Blair, who uh, was recently a guest on my personal podcast, The Blackcast. You can find that at blackcast.com. Yeah, that's oh. right. Working plugs in. He drove out from Indiana to Los Angeles with three triplets. Wow. 
just to do my podcast. How many triplets? Three of them. Oh. So nine? No, just three kids. Mm, I'm yeah. bad at math. Yeah, me too. Common core. Uh, there are a lot of common core. Uh, yeah, jokes. well, yeah, that's it's great. That's not your fault. Oh, there was a, there <laughs> was actually a great, yeah, the Bigfoot taught me common core. Yeah, that was yeah. a joke that stood Ugh. out. Uh, as we uh, break down the movie. I have give a laundry us, list of jokes yeah. I love. Oh, I, ha- I have some great ones too. I, I want you to take a moment to mm. objectively try and summarize Cry Wilderness for oh, our gosh. listeners who, um, who have seen it, of course, otherwise they wouldn't be watching this, but maybe they forget. Tell us a little bit about Cry Wilderness. Gosh, I'm going to try to make it succinct, so like in one sentence. Uh, <laughs> boy is visited by Bigfoot and must save Bigfoot and dad. Yeah. Pretty much? Yeah. Pretty much? Parentheses, creepy teacher, doesn't believe. Oh, so much. Then believes... Then believes Once, adamantly. Yeah, and then gets a visit from Bigfoot, which the lesson learned there is you can be a dick to kids. It's fine. Yeah, it's everything, fine. everything. It all fun. works out. Yeah, uh, I, I think that that's, that's pretty fair. You know, uh, Bigfoot comes all the way to wherever his school is. We don't know. Yeah. And just shouts at him. I have a theory because in the beginning we see a uh, that Natural History Museum. Yes. And I grew up in San Diego, and I happen to know that that is the uh, San Diego Natural, uh, Natural History Museum. So uh, just a fun, that. fun little fact. Uh, I don't think that the rest of the movie, I didn't really notice anything else in the rest of the movie that was It didn't familiar. look very San Diego. It did not. No. But, uh, but at least that part, the Natural yeah. History Museum, is San Diego. So, <laughs> we get that, and Bigfoot, you know, goes all the way there. So, I guess the Bigfoot there in the in the museum is somehow him, just standing really that still. That part really weirded me out. We, yeah. Like, like I, when we first see the face of the Bigfoot creature, right? And this is a, a critique on the movie more than the show. But oh, yeah, but when we, we have see, to critique. We can't critique one without course, the other. Yeah. Of course. Uh, when we first see the creature, the creature is like the, the weird mask face that we end up having on the actual Bigfoot. And I was like, oh, why did we make that choice? How did, first of all, how does, this, how does this museum know what Bigfoot actually looks like? Yeah. How, are they, how do they have an exact replica of this exact Bigfoot's face? Right. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. Exactly. <laughs> and and the answer is that that's that's the Bigfoot. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, Red Hawk had met him, so apparently other people had met him at some point. I guess. so. But he has a magic amulet. He posed, he posed for a statue. Can't he possibly just communicate with the magic amulet, uh, which has some frightening properties, as we see later in the movie, the magic amulet? But uh, I, I don't. I was just like, well, he's going to shout out the window, and. Meanwhile, no one sees Bigfoot, but nobody heard the yelling outside. Just, just, uh, yeah, just he even wakes up yeah. the kid to be like, kid, look, Bigfoot. And the kid's like, you're a crazy child. Yeah. So this could be like the, oh, it's all in this child's mind thing. Yeah. It's like, isn't he the only one that ever actually sees Bigfoot? Well, not until the end. Until the end, then every, then Bigfoot, you know, shows up for the teacher. And then okay, the dad right. kind of sees that's him right. when he gets rescued from you know, some very threatening looking rocks that were probably right. very hard and to I lift. And I thought that dad didn't see Bigfoot. He just like, was like, oh, I'm safe somehow. Oh like, yeah, maybe you're right. But the teacher does see him at yeah. the end. So, so it's I'm weird just, that the teacher gets to see I'm him. I'm just curious now thinking about it, if maybe it's all in the kid's mind and it's, Oh, there you know, was no Bigfoot. There was never a Bigfoot. Maybe he just had like, you know, just a super adrenaline rush and was yeah. able to save his dad. Or has like a Sybil, like other personality that is Bigfoot. Maybe this kid is Legion. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you know? exactly. It could be, Bigfoot could be one of the personalities that lives in his head it could be. uh in any case uh let's uh, isolate some of our favorites uh for me my favorite reference in there 
was just an extended run DMC. It's tricky rap that uh, was just right there in the middle. That was for me. And then the runner up. Oh, I loved that too. Yeah. Yeah. I also wrote that down. It's tricky. Yeah. It just kept going. And then there was a, the runner up was uh, this movie is about Bigfoot. The way that waiting for Guffman is about Guffman or Godot or Godot. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So I was just, uh, you know, that, that love those. Do you have a couple of favorites? We can then go through a little bit of a laundry list before we move on. Oh man. I mean, favorites. Goodness. Um, um, I'm not I'm not high, but my dog is, and I am. I liked that one a lot. Um, the Bobcat and all of the out of focus stuff. I thought yeah. all of the out of focus all stuff the really focus killed stuff me. Was was pretty great. They made a joke about building gun forts, and I think the visual of building a fort out of guns really got me. Yeah. Um, the, all of the racist comments in this. The one. racist comments were it was, it was just dumb Indian. Whoa! Ca- casual, yeah, casual racism just thrown around by a child, no less. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I was a, a little bit put off, but it, it, you know, it's, it's, we're so far removed from the movie that I feel like I can laugh at their, their racism and insensitivity and, yeah. you know, they let us know, uh, Jonah Crow and Tom Servo let us know it's not okay yeah. to call someone a dumb Indian. Right. But he kind of tries to have his come up and who's a dumb Indian now? <laughs> yeah. He traps him in a, in a little net. Of yep. course, then the kid gets away like six more times. Yeah. But that's besides the point. This kid is the king of not listening. Uh, things I had to look up. That's the other running thing that yes. we do. I had to look up a couple of things. Um, and they're both things that are in the nerd realm, but just not my area of expertise. Uh, I had to look up uh, Draco, which is a board game about dragons. So maybe I should have known, but I didn't. And I also had to look up... So I, I'm fully I aware. Yeah, I'm fully aware of what an RPG is, as in terms of a role playing game, and I know what you know multiplayer games are. But I didn't understand the abbreviation MMORPG, mm-hmm. which I guess is massive, massive multiplayer, multiplayer online. online. Yeah. RPG. So I did yeah. not know that specific one. So that one, it was like I was like on a technicality. I'm like, why did I look it up? I should have just reasoned it out. Oh, that's a joke for my generation. That well, yeah, it was a joke for your generation. Click, click. But I should have. Uh, I should have done. Yes, yeah. Jason, yeah, Jason says. Bang. In, in, in the chat. I wrote down bang like four yeah. times. That got me so many times. Bang! Just, just By the way, the funny thing the about Jason being the one in the chat is that he's the one who was very well versed in the island of Sodor. So if oh, Jason, funny. if you had been watching last week when uh, Andrew said that that was the reference that he just didn't get, you would have been able to like, oh, let me tell you about the island oh, of Sodor. Man. And our friend Jillian is back. Welcome from back, last Jillian. Week. And, and we yes, also got Ryan Ninja Steel. Thomas. How many Mystery Science Theater... Uh-oh, what was his question? Oh, he his, his message was retracted. He, he does not want to be given a shout-out. It's funny. As I'm reading your message, you, re, you retracted it. Man. Was it retracted or was it redacted by it the government? It says retracted, yeah, I but think let's the, go with redacted. I think the government that's more fun to say. Uh, Jason's saying he thought Draco referred to Draco Malfoy from Harry Potter, which is funny because I thought Draco referred to the dragon from Dragonheart. Wow. So it can be... Any, that's another great thing about this show. Any one of those could be right. Mm. They could have disgusted it. They could have discussed it, and it would have been disgusting, disgusting in the writer's room and been like, oh, people might think all this is great. Yeah. But uh, the kid looked like Draco Murphy. Uh, Draco Murphy. Yeah. Yep. yeah. You know, Draco yeah. Murphy, the little Irish kid. Sure. All right. But <laughs> I still didn't know what it was, and I had to look it up, and apparently I just didn't Google well. Uh, so we'll spend a couple quick minutes here uh, just going through some of our favorites. Uh, oh, the one that I had to look yeah. up, or the one that I oh, should right. have, I'm sorry, I have looked up. No, actually... I, I didn't get a chance to look it up, and by didn't get a chance, I mean I forgot. Um, Razdower? Do you know this one? 
Razdauer? Mm. At one point they said Razdauer. I don't know if I knew that one. I'm going to circle it. Yeah, we're going to have to circle it. Maybe somebody will know. Maybe someone will know Razdauer. Yeah. Jillian? Does Jillian know? Jillian, you know Razdauer? Jillian? (laughs) She's like, me. We love you, Jillian. Yeah, it's probably not in reference to what I was saying. No, no, she's talking about Jillian. But in any case, we love Jillian. (laughs) Yes, we do. Uh, Yeah, so what are a couple of your uh, favorite references? uh, Oh, man. We had, uh, like... Mary Bigfoot, Mary Bigfoot. Like the yeah. way he laughed was so laughed. funny. Yeah. Um, the Amulet of Eagle bl- Blindness or whatever. That was crazy. Yeah. That was just like, him. yeah, it's like, you know, granted, oh this God. guy wanted to shoot Bigfoot yeah. a, and, and take him on tour. No, not a great guy. But, I mean, his eyes are pretty much instantly ripped out oh, by absolutely. a very, very violent eagle. Brutally. It's yeah. Pretty, it's pretty great. And I don't know. I mean, did. The punishment fit the crime there. Oh, absolutely not. Like, no, absolutely no not. Movie, it did like, not. <laughs> I'm so excited because that was such a crazy left turn yeah. that it just like made this movie gold. Oh yeah, like, no, no. It, it's yeah. Like, oh, and then they just oh they rip his eyes out. <laughs> yeah, wow. it's like you just wait till the end. Some this, crazy. Is, this is biblical. Uh, another uh, so the the first real joke of the movie was great for me, and this is another one of those ones where I heard a delayed laugh from my wife down the hall was that the movie's called Cry Wilderness. And so they're like, okay. Wilderness! Uh, yeah. And it's just, yeah. I love the, I dumb, that. the dumb jokes like that. Make me laugh so much harder than the ones I'm like, mm, I understood that obscure reference. And I also really, yeah, exactly. And I think a lot of the jokes, and I actually don't write these down because I just think that they're so, like, spot. I, I like, write some of them down. Yeah. Like this one I'm about oh, no, to share. I don't write them all. I, I would, I'd like, still be watching the episode if I wrote everything down. Yeah. yeah that but, I like, liked, yeah. the jokes that are, like, when f- someone finally speaks. Like, in the beginning, we had, like, three or four minutes of just, like, no dialogue. Yeah. And then they're like, when someone finally speaks something, and they said something. And I yeah. don't remember what it was, but it was great. <laughs> and I, my favorite jokes are just the jokes that are just like them commenting on the situation. It's just so good. Yeah. No, no. And and I, um, I, I love obscure stuff. You know, like Paul's bunkmate is Powder, which is, you know, this movie, this really pale kid. And then just jokes about the name Paul. Paul, I loved your first letter to the Corinthians. And Paul is dead. <laughs> Check the album cover. And oh, there I like were just that a lot too. of those early on. And, uh, and, uh, when we first see that Bigfoot's outside, uh, one of the guys yells, Sweetums, which is that giant yes, Muppet yeah, monster. Muppet. But yeah. anyway, so. Oh, yeah. I loved the, the public domain animal sounds. I oh, loved yeah. um, <laughs> oh, that guy when they when ran into the bikers on top of the mountain for no reason. Uh, more ways. That guy needs more ways to cover his face. He's only got an eye patch, a beard, and a banana. Like, yeah. I loved that. Um, oh gosh, what were the other ones? Uh, the focus jokes again. I love uh, jokes about product placement, which they did really well with refreshing Coca Cola. Yeah, which, the Pepsi yeah, jokes. I they thought made. that that was very funny. He yeah. hated Pepsi. And uh, also the joke that Bigfoot's favorite music is royalty free rock and roll music, <laughs> yeah. which was very nice. That was really funny. Yeah. Um, another Y'all great Yeti one. For this? That, that one was good. A, a joke that was obscure, say, in the original run of this show was when they get off in the woods and they say it's the it's the Wookiee homeworld of Kashyyyk, yeah. which is really only seen in the Star Wars holiday special, which now anyone can see. But at one point, it was very – like I, I spent – I had a $20 bill in my wallet, which I handed to a man for a bootleg video cassette at a comic book convention in New York City in like 1993 – Money that I still believe I contend was very well spent oh, because I got decades of enjoyment out of it before it was on the internet and anybody could watch it. With you. So I, I love that sort of <laughs> the niche of this show works so much better now because people are – you just can find out about anything. and. Yeah. People are much more aware of, of delightful entertainment like the Star Wars Holiday Special, which was great. Uh, we'll go with a couple more. Anything jump out for uh, you? The last thing I want to yeah. mention is just that Patton, Patton singing at the end. It was great. I, I did. I yeah. enjoyed it. I, I definitely.
certainly like that. I uh, liked the joke, sort of a, a fun, uh, you know, changing with the times joke. Hey, Jonah, what's a radio? And Jonah says, it's like a podcast you can't control, <laughs> I like which I thought too. was very funny. Uh, yeah, and uh, a great comic book reference. He's he's a mint in bag, A-plus condition. So uh, that was like a very, like, very inside comic book joke. But anyway, we then get to move on to episode 1102. And please right. let us know your favorite. Oh, they referred to him as a cheap Chris Elliott yeah, at, did. at one point, which was great. great. So uh, please, please let us know in the chat. Yes, you're right, 1103. Yes. I, I so if you guys haven't watched 1103. This is your time to, to turn off the pause show. Pause the video. Yeah, go watch it and then come back. Go watch it. Or, yeah. you know, I mean, we're going to give away some jokes and some yeah. stuff. But We're, we're, uh, we're basically going to recap the whole thing. Yeah, we're going to act it out. We're going to act and it out. Scene. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to act out the show opening now. I'm Tom Servo. <laughs> that was a great Tom Servo. Oh, thanks. His voice has changed somewhat over the years. That can be the next one. Sweet. So, uh, Finally, yeah. my calling. So, episode 1103, The Time Travelers. The Time Travelers. Oh, and we will get to the movie. There's Yeah, and there was like so much about this movie that I thought was actually kind of good. And then so much well, about the it problem. that I thought was Is really that, bad. So, it, look, it, it doesn't have great effects, but they spent some money on it. And some of the most endearing movies from this show are the ones that they spent almost no money on. So, they spent a little, and that made it, you know little bit less enjoyable like you know it's not like oh train wreck i like to look it's like oh it's just kind of it's very half-assed yeah i like you know a movie that is fully asked or not asked at all <laughs> i was really impressed by this script too because it kept me not only really surprised with how like uh, advanced and modern the idea like the scientific ideas were yeah but, like it was very yeah it was it was great it was it was like a clearly I don't want to say this. I don't want to say this as a precursor to things, but you could see influences from that movie yeah. in things that I've seen, like in Futurama episodes or in like Rick and Morty episodes. Yeah, and I mean, just the whole concept of the transporter. I mean, this certainly predates Star Trek, you know. So, so you know, it, 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 there's a lot of things in here. You're like, oh yeah, I think a lot of people have seen this movie, you know. And it, it's it's funny because it's not like a, a seminal, like well-known movie. Like yeah. the Mystery Science Theater 3000, the movie that they did was This Island Earth, which is very well-known. This is not on that level, but I feel like a lot of people saw this as well as that. And this just wasn't yeah. as good a movie. Yeah. But I think a lot of people saw it. Um, so let's talk about the, the host segments in that episode. Uh, yes. There was actually a kind of, kind of a great reference Early in the Invention Exchange, when uh, Jonah referred to uh, Kinga and Max as Selino and Barnes, I the like injury attorneys, that was another one where they just I, said Selino and Barnes too. They didn't even yeah. say the injury attorneys. No, no, Our brains are putting that Burns. in there. Yeah, and it's then really it's like, funny. oh, I knew the theme song, and I actually thought that that was a local thing, but it's actually they're like a national. Uh, wow. Yeah, so I thought it was like I'm like, wow, that's just a local reference. Yeah, but uh, you know, you did you definitely get some local references. It's just in the old version of the show, they were usually like Minnesota things. You know, yeah, yeah they I, got me though. Yeah, but that, no, that definitely got me. <laughs> and, uh, you know, there the afterlife alert was what oh, the Mads had, which I thought was very funny. And then the edible, uh, the silica packet, sort of a very interesting concept. And it turns out that none of them were actually edible. But yeah. that was all right. Uh, and then in a following host segment, we got the time portal safety drill, which, of course, asks important questions about a time portal to 1920 Chicago, which anyone who enjoys sci-fi <laughs> needs to answer those questions. Uh, dinosaurs through a time portal. Uh, in another host segment, we got to meet some robots, some new yeah. robots, Fixie and Slappy. And, and another oh, that one. was so fun. Yeah. And they just uh, destroy all of them. But my favorite host segment, we got a visit from a couple characters from the movie. Yes. We got uh, we got Dr. Varno and Larry. Larry, of course, performed by original Mystery Science Theater 3000 host Joel Hodgson, did not speak. But 
this was one of those things that I always loved about the show is when characters from the movie would come on by and visit. That's one of my fun. favorites was before he was the host, Mike. Michael J. Nelson as the amazing colossal man. And he just had on like a bad bald cap and he just kind of <laughs> checked in with everybody. Um, so that was great. And I loved at the end that they acknowledged that this was the 200th episode of Mystery Science Theater 3000. Yes. And then, you know. That they had nothing yeah, to do with Yeah, Max is like, <laughs> this is really only our third. I thought that was actually very funny to talk it about too, it in, yeah. in, in both ways. And, you know, they had a cake to celebrate with, but it was not the money bag cake. So, you know. So, I mean, you know. Yeah. Win some, lose some. All right. So... We got all that out. So you you enjoyed all those. Were there, did you have any notes on the host segments before we move into the um, movie? I didn't. I just, I mean, I really enjoyed them. I thought at the end of the Larry bit, I wondered, who, like, if the, I'm glad you told me that was Joel Hodgson because I didn't recognize well, him. Well, he looks a lot different. He doesn't have hair anymore, really, mm. but he had a sweet wig. In yeah, that, he did. You know? He did have a sweet wig. I, I was, if I were Joel, I would have worn that thing home and uh, just, just been kept, like, kept on going. Yeah, and said to the wife and kids, like, this is me now. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you get used to this. I'm Say hello to new daddy. <laughs> yeah, this, yep. is, this is new daddy. <laughs> this is Larry. Uh, yeah. Uh, but uh, so I'm looking forward to getting more of that in mm. uh, future episodes. Yeah. Uh, so, all I feel right. Like this was a harder to watch. This was movie. definitely harder to watch. And ta- we were talking a little yeah. bit beforehand, which, you know, breaks all rules of show business. Save it for the air, kid. But oh, man. we did. We had to talk a little bit about it. So talk about the movie and why you have a bigger problem with this movie than you did with Cry Wilderness. So, like, I was really impressed with so Like I said, the script, I thought that was really interesting and really compelling. <clears throat> Scientifically, it was like. Oh, cool! Like it's it's about time travel and about a portal to the future and about how few, like the you know if you were to try to come back and like how all that works and if you overshot that and like oh my goodness and uh, a future of um, you know exclusivity where we have like a, you know very few with resources and then the ones with and then there was also like there's so much to it. It's a really solid sci-fi story because. You know, it, it seems like it was revealed in the end that the like mutants are just people, yeah, that are just trying to make it too, but like without the resources right, that and, these people have. And we sort of get to see the this android army that they're building. You know, I mean, there's Super themes creepy. as we were saying a few minutes ago. There's themes that really prevail through so much of sci-fi. I mean, you know, better done than this, but uh, yeah, very interesting that that's kind of the point that people are just people. You know, when the one female scientist character runs into the the mutant in the tunnels. Everybody's first reaction is, well, we have to shoot him. I know. And she's like, no. And uh, as we were talking about, they acknowledged that this was actually someone who was physically handicapped. And, you know, and and they made a joke out of like, we're acknowledging it. Now we've acknowledged that we've acknowledged it. It was very funny, but it's also like... the physical disability guy as the mutant is not exactly... Even now, that doesn't doesn't happen, though, you know? So it's, uh, you know, it was like, this guy was probably like, I can't believe I'm in a movie. I don't talk. They want to, everyone wants to kill me. I don't get seen again, but that's all right. Yeah. It's kind of a very important moment. As an actor, he was probably really jazzed, yeah. but for what it represents for no. his community, it's maybe not as, as favorable. Right. Yeah, exactly. It's like if, if a little person gets cast in a movie, but then they're seen, there's dwarf tossing. It's like, mm. well, I'm in a movie, but, but yeah. am I really? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, there were there were definitely a, a lot of things in there. It was interesting, though, because this movie is called The Time Travelers. And yes, there's a little bit of time travel in the beginning, a little bit at the end. But the rest of it, it's like they're just on another planet, basically. I know they're in the future, but it seems like a, this sound. This actually felt like an episode of Star Trek Voyager. Anybody who knows me knows why I said I Star Trek that. Voyager as opposed to one of the good versions of Star Trek. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's right. That's a zing, Captain Janeway. Boom. Take that. <laughs> but um, you know, it was just like it was like all right, it's a sci-fi story that they added a little bit of time travel element. But you know, it, it's 
very easily you, you beam down to this planet and you run into this problem and then uh, you know and then you jump into some time travel. Yeah, so. it, uh, I don't know if, if if I video game people watching, but it really reminded me of a Fallout, the Fallout series of video games, which are basically set in like oh, there's a nuclear apocalypse, so like seventy years later, hundred years I, later. I something. actually know what it is, but I'm going to play up the old guy thing. Andrew, what's a fallout? Oh, well, when <laughs> people are afraid of nuclear fallout, basically, they build these shelters. Anyway, so, I like how you turned into an Adam Sandler grandma character there. Well, little girl, I'll <laughs> tell you laugh at you. It. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I grew up on Adam Sandler. It's hardwired in my code. Did, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I thought that, yeah, I thought that the script was really solid. I thought the movie itself, like, like the decision to cast that guy as as a mutant yeah the decision to like in the beginning all of them were like along one wall and there was a lot of like just nothing on the right side of the screen like a lot of the direction decisions just seemed weird were they decisions or just negligence negligence (laughs) yeah exactly yeah negligent directing yeah uh well we have to address the um comic relief character oh, the Danny. elephant in the room danny oh and, he what an elephant too i, it's I did awful not because like these danny movies, reptilicus had this too you know with the guy who puts his hand in the electric eel yeah why do why do so many of these movies and so many of these mr science theater 2000 movies have this character why do we have this guy so that you know he's he's there for comic relief and it's but he's not funny nope. and look he gets he gets he, he gets a little something something so you know good for danny gosh and but like he talk about so, the single worst the moment. The single worst moment yeah. was that moment where he like, okay, so he flirts with her great. He gets great. he gets like she's immediately like, Yeah, you want to come up to my room? Like basically it was just like, Whoa, and actually future ladies I, are lazy. Right. And I thought there was parts of that scene, especially from her end, that were like really cute and yeah. well acted. And like, good job. You you did what you could with yeah. what you got. But then he like has the eyes and he like looks up to camera and it's this really strange angle straight yeah. on him and like things are almost out of focus. It's almost like a fisheye lens where he like you kind of look up from the eyes to him and he goes, I was giving her the eye, but it turns out the other way around or whatever. It's like Which is- he seems like one of those uh, dinosaurs in the Flintstones. Oh, it's like yeah. Mitzelaming. Like <laughs> yeah, it's right, exactly the wrong it tone. It's completely the wrong tone. And it, it's weird. And this is what we were saying before. When movies have that moment where they break the fourth wall because they can't resist, basically for one joke. And it's like, well, you just threw away the whole movie, yeah. which, you know, granted, not a great movie, but for a bad joke. But I, like, had suspended my disbelief yeah. for you guys. Come on. I was really invested in Danny's relationship, yeah. I, I'm going to admit. but uh, I was actually kind of invested in it, too. I, I hated him for being like, yeah, well, I got a girlfriend. and I'm Well, he was trying to let her down easy, I though. guess. But, yeah. like, why but she's just, really tall. Why not just take... Yeah, exactly. He's, quick. like, insinuating that and she's... And she's really quick, not like you. You see the flashes <laughs> in her eyes or whatever. Yeah. I, I, I just wanted him to take her away. He's dumb. Like, why wouldn't he, like... It, does he really have any like knowledge? Yeah, what does he need to get back for? Or like, like I don't like, know. I, I, I like I kind of liked the idea that he was just hitting it and quitting it or whatever the idea Yeah, was, that was the joke. I thought that they it would have been more fun if he was just like, I don't understand the way that time works. Come on with me, yeah, future come lady. On. Yeah. I felt like that would have been more of his character. Yeah. And uh, well, but. let's uh, talk about some of our favorite moments. Yes. Now for me some of the joke. Huge shout out <laughs> huge mm-hmm. shout out Please. to jokes from the old show. There were two jokes that were uh 
one of them was a recurring joke that Crow would often say in movies. How about a little fire, Scarecrow, which he did in a lot of the old episodes. <laughs> and then there's like a very, like for fans of the show, it's a very memorable episode. It's actually my favorite uh, pod people where there's a, a musical performance and at the very mm. end of it one of the guys says it stinks so they did that after she plays the little like weird simon computer keyboard thing yes and there was an so there were two references to old jokes which it's like you know it's very meta to make a reference to your old, own to show yourself, yeah but that's all right i'm yeah. okay with that I, and and i love that um they but, found their audience yeah well they know i mean if you're watching this it's like you know i mean a lot of people you know, you were able to just sort of go back into the the well and watch the show from various sources, old episodes. They're all yeah. out there. There's a lot of legitimate releases and some that are floating around out there. <laughs> yeah, in the ether Some space. of the tapes are still circulating, let's just say. Yeah. Uh, but what are some of your favorite moments? Oh, man, I had a, a lot of really fun moments. Um, let's see. Uh, well, let's. I'll just start at the top. I, I really loved the astounding time is fleeting. The yeah, whole Rocky the, Horror there references. There were a couple of uh, time warp. There was like early. There was that one, and then there was another one again. Yeah, uh, you know, it's like just a jump to the left, and a little bit later in the movie. Yeah, <laughs> the Dick Dastardly references. Yes. from Wacky races. I love loved that. that. I, I love that they mentioned that we all hate Danny. Like we just we, all hate. We Danny. all hated Danny. Yeah. Everybody, everyone in the movie hated Danny, except God loved that one girl. Yeah. She legitimately loved one. Danny. Everyone else in time and space hated him. Yeah, but yeah. not not that girl. <laughs> I love the Spachemin joke, Doctor oh, Spaceman. Yeah, Doctor Spaceman from uh, Thirty Rock. 30 Rock. Yeah, uh, the Bechtel test. They get a zero on the Bechtel test. That was great. <laughs> the Blantastic Four. I thought yeah. was really funny. Just the whole whole of Rena and Danny's relationship. I thought was really funny and silly and dumb. Yeah. Um, kicked out all of the oh they've been kicked out of all of the Denny's in the galaxy. I thought it was really funny. Um, oh when yeah, they came to visit because the that two. yeah that, that was very funny. There was yeah there's just there's well we'll get we'll get to that yes. I guess after yeah. my references. But yeah, there's this very weird. Very weird sexual, you know, vibe happening down there, you know, and they make jokes about key parties. Yeah, and, yeah. And there, there was some good stuff. Um, my favorite obscure references, uh, I had two. One was if Rucker Hauer, who most people know who he is, oh, because yeah. if you if you watch Mr. Science Series 3000, I can't imagine you haven't seen Blade Runner, uh, had a baby with Susan, Susan Powder. Now, that's an obscure reference in this day and age because she had a series of books called Stop the Insanity, and she's a scary-looking lady, but... Anybody who watched Mystery Science Theater on TV in the 90s, those commercials were on all the time. Okay. So it's almost yeah. like we knew. But, I miss Susan Powder, but I totally knew Rutger Howard. Right. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, but it was the, the idea that they would have a very frightening <laughs> child. And then another one, it, it's it's such a, a niche reference to the MTV sketch show The State, which uh-huh. had some great – If you know, anybody who's not familiar with The State, you look up the people who were on it, Michael Ian Black, Thomas uh-huh. Lennon, lots of people from Reno 911 and just – if you see who they are, you're like, oh, yeah, that whole cast I've seen in other things. Um, and so there was a reference to this character, Doug, uh, that uh, uh, Michael Showalter was his name played. Oh, and and Doug it. would end the scenes be like, he was just this like really broad teenage character. He was like, hey, I'm out of here. And they did that at, at one of the scenes. I think it was actually Danny who left. And I'm like... All right, I like that. Love it. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, again, you got to go really deep and really over-explain it, and that's the kind of reference that, that I like. Those deep um, cuts. Thing I had to look up, it was a little science for me. So I'd heard of Kepler-186F before, but uh, I had to look it up. That's the first Earth-sized planet in the hab- habitable zone, according to NASA. I appreciate you looking it up. That's also what I wrote yeah, down. Yeah, because I was like, I'm like, all right, I've got to look up the science stuff. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, oh, I also appreciated that uh, I.B. Melchior was involved in this movie in addition to Reptilicus. Yeah. It was a scene there. And, but um, anyway, so what did you – so was that the one thing you had to look up? That was up? the one thing yeah. I had to look up, and you you totally got it for me. Real science nerds are like, no, what is with these guys? Oh, you guys are yeah. dumb. Look, some, some of us come to this show for the mystery – some for the science. Yeah. Me, I'm all about the theater. Yeah, you know. I have two more things I want to mention yeah, real please. quick. Oh, no. Um, yeah. I, I, but I, like, I, I, I thought this was really fun. Uh, the last two things, um, I loved Tom pushing the uh, the rocket upright. Yeah. It lasted way too long. Way too long. it was way too fun. But, yeah. The, it got me. The idea that they can have Tom Servo fly now and he floats up there. And, he and, <laughs> and I love the back and forth, the, the, like, sibling rivalry between Tom and Crow. Yeah. Which is, like... You know, because it's a play on the old, uh, you've never given up on anything before in your life. Now, do you know, instead yeah. he's like, I've never had faith in you ever. Yeah. You yeah, know, he's like, really he's like, fun. well, do it to show me wrong. And uh, the fact that he Prove actually, me wrong. that yeah. they did it so long and yeah, that they pushed it up. That that was actually a great moment. I really yeah. enjoyed that. And I like them moving around the theater going up in the movie. They did and it like for, you mentioned, them putting on the costumes. Like, I think a little bit yeah, like that. They really did it a little bit early ability. in the series and they would do like Batman sound effects. They would hold up during fight scenes like pow. And yeah. saying is, but it, it's hard. It was very hard with that technology to have it read very well on the screen. Right. So now that we live in the future, <laughs> we're able to uh, actually see stuff like that. So uh, much more. So that was great. Did you have a, another? My uh, very last favorite? reference yeah. that I just thought was just for me was just when they're like, "The elves are sailing for Valinor now that Sauron has been defeated." <laughs> yeah. Like, yep. Love it. Like, yep. Yep. Yeah. Uh, there, there were definitely a lot of jokes that were great. But let's talk about what we alluded to. Just the weird sexuality in the future. Yeah. The, so you know we and I kind of get it. Like, yeah. I, I like one of the one of the one of the things that I thought like I kind of saw referenced in this, or at least in my brain was like, oh, like this is like a, a post Zardoz movie where like, oh yeah, like there's a sexual it's a sexual future. Right. But you know, you saw there, those low cuts. Yeah. There's that awkward like tanning scene though, and yeah, it's just with the like bars. Yeah. I love they were like, oh, if any good thing, all the women in this time period are the same, same height. height. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And yeah, there was just a lot of that and, and you know, it was just like a whole scene. So that's why when we got the the visit from uh the doctor and Larry, you know, Joel and I actually don't know who played the other character, but it's not somebody I recognize. But anyway, when we had that that host segment, uh that was great because it's definitely like a great way to comment on yeah, there's a lot of like really yeah, like, kind of swingers. Yeah, it, it and you know, planet swing, you yeah. know. If, if only James D. Kirk had beamed down to this planet. Yeah, you know, exactly. He would, he would not have ever uh beamed back up, probably, probably I guess. Um, but we'd watch that spinoff. Oh, I, <laughs> wouldn't be on any channel. Shatner's writing it right now. He's like, <laughs> I could still do it even though I'm 86. Still time. Um, I loved, I believe it was Crow did a C-3PO impression during this yes, episode. Yes, he did. A, and, several times. Uh, yeah, and I was just like, oh man, I could, I could probably to listen to that all voice. day. Yeah, yeah, I was like, Maybe Crow wants to go ahead and redub the all the Star Wars movies. That'd Just be fun. do all the C three PO. I'd listen to a Crow C three PO like, oh, <laughs> yeah, C three P Crow. Oh! Thank you. Yeah, it's got very quiet there in the chat. If anybody wants to uh, throw some of their favorite moments, I know that some people only watched eleven oh two. So now we've run into that yeah. problem, and we'll, everyone left the chat because we'll, they're like, we haven't seen yeah, it yet. But they're we'll all let, watching. We'll it. let everybody know now that next week. We will do 11.04. I don't know what the movie is. And 11.05. Also don't know what the movie is. So make sure that between now and next Friday, you watch both of those episodes. Yeah. Give them a little look And you can always let us know your favorites from any of the previous episodes. Just don't tell us about future episodes because we're trying to – I'm restraining myself and not – 
st- you know, staying up all day it's Friday hard. and watching all of them. It is yeah. not easy. So in, in any case, uh, I think that, uh, you know, look, I have a million jokes I could read off, but I'm, oh, I'm going to I'm going to focus on the one that we talked about outside, though, which was another like running gag, which was the shipping crate of the future of the future straw of the future. And again, that's another one went on like three jokes too long, but then that's three jokes that's where I'm laughing you. harder. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why my parents hated the show, because I'd be sitting there laughing so hard. And it's just like he's just saying the same thing. It's like yeah. they're talking over the movie. I'm like, yeah, well, that's the point. That's the fun. Yeah, that's the oh, fun. Oh, there was one joke early on I want to mention, too. Where he just goes, uh, look what we did. Look at it. Like, it was yeah. just, yeah. I, yeah. Uh, and uh, I wrote this one in bold, which means I really needed to get it in there. Yeah. Uh, was uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of jokes about uh, Penthouse Forum. So it said, <laughs> dear time traveler forum, yeah. I always read your column, but I never thought it would happen to me. Yep. Uh, when so, he, uh, yeah. Yeah. The girl starts coming on to him. Right, exactly. I, I once, a uh, little side anecdote before we tie the show up, uh, I took a creative writing class in college, and uh, the the instructor told us about some of his background, some of the things that he'd written. And he said, uh, and I, I used to write the, let- the letters for Penthouse Forum. And this was like an instant reaction. It was like a gut reaction, completely legitimate. I didn't have any kind of self-censor. He said, I used to write the letters for Penthouse Forum, and I'm immediately like, I knew it! I knew that they were fake. And I was like, okay, sorry, everyone. <laughs> but, uh, you know, they, they were just too good. I've but, read them all yeah. several times. <laughs> I have bound copies of <laughs> Penthouse Forum. Uh, in any case, uh, look, this was so much fun to talk uh-huh. about. I uh, yes. love talking MST3K. And, Me too. Uh, so great to get to do it with uh, with my friend Andrew here. So great to and do it with my friend Christian. Please uh, interact with us on the interwebs at... Christian DMZ at Andrew Mena. And don't forget the show. We're almost up to 10 followers at MST3K ABTV. You could be the lucky number 11. And by the way, you can also email us your questions and comments. I opened up an email address, MST3K ABTV at gmail.com. If you have emails, thoughts, questions, concerns, threats, or bribes, send them our way. And uh, we will see you next Friday for uh, 1104 and 1105. But uh, for Andrew Mena, I'm Christian Blatt. Thanks, everybody, for watching. And the only thing left to do, push the button, Andrew. All right, guys. We'll see you next time. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. <laughs>